How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is the Robin Lundberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. You know, are, are there Bears fans who want to see Andy Dalton? Raise your hand if you're a Bears fan. Who wants to see Andy Dalton? I'm looking. Still looking. I just put my hand over my brow so I can shade the sun and, and see further. Um, I don't see any Bears fans who want to see Andy Dalton. I, I don't. I'm guessing Bears fans want to see Justin Fields. And I believe he makes his preseason debut for the Bears today. Soon. I, that's probably earlier today. I think that's an earlier game. That's like 1 p.m. today. Um, Trevor Lawrence, we know, will be playing for the Jaguars. Zach Wilson. I, well, I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing for the Jaguars. Actually, maybe Gardner Minshew. Uh, raise your hand if you're a Jaguars fan. Who wants to see Gardner Minshew? Raise your hand if you're a Jaguars fan. I, I don't I, I don't know if I've ever met a Jaguars fan. But raise your hand if you're a Jaguars fan who wants to see Gardner Minshew. Hmm. I don't see that many who probably want to see Gardner Minshew, who was very competent. Isn't enough for quarterback. I don't want to totally diss him, but it is what it is. Uh if you're a Jets fan. Raise your hand if you want to see some other quarterback on the roster other than Zach Wilson. Yeah, Anthony, help me out. Name another quarterback on the roster of the Jets. Mike White. Mike White. Do you want to see Mike White, Jets fans? No, I, I, we don't want to see Mike White. We don't want to see James Morgan. We don't want to see the uh, veteran that they just brought in, Josh Johnson. We don't no, want to see wanna... any of those guys. We want to see Zach Wilson. Yes, right away, immediately. Who How about you Eagles that? fans? What's going on? Uh, Sirianni won't name Jalen Hurts the starter. I mean, what's up with that? Why, I, I, I why, guess... why won't he name uh, Jalen Hurts? I mean, I mean, we know that's going to happen. It's just mind games, I guess, or motivation tactics, I oh, guess. Oh, jeez, please. Come on. But I mean, where are the 49ers fans who still want to see Jimmy Garoppolo? Raise your hand. And where are the Patriots fans who still want to see Cam Newton? Raise your hand. I guess that... The point is, like, for all these teams that were positioned in a way where it seemed as if they were going to do this mentorship program at quarterback and, and hand off at some point, and we've seen it. Like, it's not like it's, you know, that hasn't worked in the past. Again, I'll cite Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, 
you can't really argue against how that worked out, though there's no saying it wouldn't have worked out even earlier had he, he been in there. But you can't argue with the results um, with Patrick Mahomes sitting a year. So that I will concede. Um, even last year, you know, Tua was waited for a while before he got in there because Fitzpatrick was playing well. I tend to, to believe that it's trial by fire is the best way to do it. It's the best way to learn, best way to get better. The counter argument is that somebody gets, you know, rocked or their confidence gets shot. Something along those lines could happen to one of these QBs and then they never get it back and then you've ruined your asset uh, and, and you can't recover it versus, you know, bringing him along slowly and then letting them go when they're ready. But in general, I think the benefit is greater in the real life experience, the real game experience. I think it, it serves as an energizing shot in the arm for the fan base, for the franchise. So why wait? Start Trey Lance week one. Start Justin Fields week one. Start Trevor Lawrence week one. Start Mac Jones week one. Start Zach Wilson week one. Why not? Agree or disagree? Like, you know, are, are you with me? I, why are we waiting? 855-212-4227, even for casual fans. I don't want to see Andy Dalton. No, no disrespect to Andy Dalton, who's had a nice career. Like, Andy Dalton, it's so unfair that somebody like Andy Dalton, because of a situation like this, becomes like this uh, symbol of, like, ineptitude. It's a QB position. That's not fair to Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has had a, a a very good career in the NFL. He's a good starting quarterback for a good to- long time. But that time is not now. His time is not now. And and because of that, like when the the uh the Bears send out like a QB1 tweet about him, it becomes like the you know, laughing stock of the internet. He doesn't deserve that. And same goes for for everybody in those spots. You know, like, you know, Gardner Minshew was a nice surprise and everybody liked his facial hair or whatnot. But he's not that dude. Forget the Jets because I can't even remember the names of the quarterbacks Anthony just said. Mike White and James Morgan or something like that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, like, I don't want to treat Jimmy Garoppolo like he's some sort of bum. He's not. Hell, there was a time people thought he was the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And that the Patriots were going to trade Brady to make way for him. So that's where Jimmy Garoppolo was thought of. But it ain't his time either. The 49ers just traded everything to move up and take Trey Lance. I I don't pretend I know better. You know, one of the things I like to do is not be overly arrogant and pretend I know better. Like when Sean Payton says that the Saints can win games with Taysom Hill, I believe that the Saints could win games with Taysom Hill last year because Sean Payton knows better than I do. And same goes, I guess, with these other teams, I, I, 
You know, Jalen Jalen Hurts thing Anthony brought up is a little strange just because he's not in his first year. And I don't know if this is like a paper, rock, scissors contest for the, the head coach there. Plus, I mean, like, that's why you traded Carson Wentz. Like, that was the whole point of that. Like, because yeah. you had Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Jalen, you traded Carson Wentz. Now Jalen Hurts is your starter. <laughs> so what's right. the big secret? <laughs> They're veteran. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, did I something happen uh, in this offseason, though, that Jalen Hurts is not your guy anymore? You, you questioning it? Joe Flacco. Uh, well, I, yeah. I, I I don't know if they did they ever think that Jalen Hurts was the guy. I guess that that's a a reasonable question. But no, I'm with you. Uh, you know, if I'm an Eagles fan, I want to see Jalen Hurts play. I do not want to say see Joe Flacco play. So, I would say that for all these quarterbacks, to me, that's the best way for them to get acclimated. Uh, to me, that's the the best way for them to improve get experience and it's just the the best for the product the fan base and the the casual fan as well look at the excitement to, I, I mean i'm seeing justin fields is trending on twitter right now you know bears fans wait when's the last time the bears had a quarterback i mean it's a, it's amazing you know when you think of some franchises like the packers right and, and how good they've been at, at quarterback where they could replace brett Favre with aaron Rodgers. Or the 49ers could replace Joe Montana with Steve Young, you know, and, and so on and so forth. There, there have just been some franchises that have had a bunch of great quarterbacks. Bears, like uh, Jim McMahon, who was no offense to him, but wasn't great. I mean, the Jets have never had a quarterback. So, of course, there's excitement. But for all these teams, people want to see the, the, the rookies play, the kids play. Let them play. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Carl in Dallas. Carl, you're on the Robin Ludberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. How's it going, man? What's good, dude? I love your show. Thank you. I miss your show every day uh, from work. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Uh, I just want you to know that uh, Dallas fans are worried about Dak and his injury and quarterback. We are worried about that. Just want to put that out there. Doesn't seem like it is, but it is. I, I look. I understand. I would be. I would probably be worried if I was a Cowboys fan too. Right. My question is though: is if the NFL is putting a tougher policy on the on the vaccination, do you think the NBA, the NHL is going to do the same when they start their season up? Uh, yeah. Look, I I think um they could take some cues. There there's a little bit of a difference in the fact that the NFL has flexed its muscle over the the players association at times and maybe a way that hasn't quite happened at the NBA level and, and different philosophical viewpoints of the people in charges of the various leagues. I am in support. Uh, I think this is one of the things the NFL has gotten right. You know, there's plenty of th- things the NFL has been criticized for over the years. I think the NFL got this right. Um, you know, they're looking out for the health of their business, both literally and figuratively. Right, literal health obviously being the higher the vaccination rates, the the less the chances of infection, the less the chances of of serious infection, the less the chances in spread by just pure mathematics, um, and, and all that, and that they've enacted policies that that make it really hard to to remain unvaccinated. There are still guys 
including a couple few high-profile guys, including a few QBs, like I said in recent weeks, who we've learned are, are, are not vaccinated by choice. Um, but you can start questioning them as teammates, I think, in a way, when you look at the, the overall numbers and you look at th- the fact that their accessibility could be impacted and their availability could be impacted. I would expect the other leagues to get more and more, whatever their policy, they might not be exactly like the NBA, I mean the NFL, but yes, I would expect them to uh, follow suit more strongly for sure. And and I think in the NBA in particular, the arenas, you know, you're going to see a lot of of teams follow what the, the Nets just did with Barclays Center where you can't enter without being vaccinated. Can't enter it, and you know, in I, depending on where certain stadiums are located, that could influence. Because unfortunately, politics has played into this, which is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous, and, and I get blamed for it too because I'll have an opinion or I'll tell you what I think, and then people are like, "Oh, you're a liberal sheep" or some nonsense. I look, y'all, you can choose to make this a political and issue if you want I have no idea how you know it's not it's a public health issue it's a virus and a vaccine it is not an elephant or a donkey it is a a virus and a vaccine and in, in the NFL's case you know you can even analyze it from a pure football approach if you want it from a spectator standpoint you're talking about you want to be as safe as possible and to feel as safe as possible and to go back into those environments. But, you know, depending on where stadiums are located, you could see policies being impacted that way. But I also think uh, basketball arenas are going to be more strict too because they're indoors. I mean, football, uh, you know, I I went to um, MetLife in New York or technically New Jersey on Saturday and you know, you, you you get into that stadium, especially it was for a practice, so it wasn't totally packed, right? The, you know, air, it's open air. You're out in the open. In a, in a basketball arena, yeah, you yeah, have open space, but you're you're all inside. So th- those are another thing that, just according to science and data, makes a difference, right? But yes, I expect to see more, not just sports leagues, not just arenas, but restaurants and businesses and workplaces i expect all of it if it's going to move in one direction it's going to move toward being more strict about vaccination status and uh i i think personally that is is for the best 855-212-4227 855-212-4227 at robin Lundberg on twitter that's r-o-b-i-n-l-u-n-d-b-e-r-g I had mentioned before how some of these other conferences are looking at forming an allegiance. What does that really mean? What do we make of all this conference realignment stuff? I, is it to, to battle the SEC? Do the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC need to come together in order to you know, uh, unite to, to have some semblance of competition against the SEC? Do, do conferences even matter anymore? Try and get an answer to that question 
coming up next. But I also want to hear from you at 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. It is the Robin Lundberg Show. Talking a little college football right now. I'm joined by Bill Bender, Sporting News College football writer. And, and Bill, can you explain what the hell it means that the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC could be discussing an alliance? What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it's, it's college football in 2021. I don't know what's going on most of the time. It's uh, obviously a countermeasure to whatever the SEC is going to do. I think, you know, it's, it's rumor mill right now in terms of scheduling. It would have to be financially lucrative for all three conferences. But, I mean, it's another sign to me that even if this doesn't happen, that we're still barreling toward that super conference era. Yeah, I mean, like, well, uh, the you have Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC. I, I, first of all, I don't know how the Big Twelve can still be called the Big Twelve anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but uh, as far as all that goes, like, do conferences even matter a- a- anymore? I mean, to to people historically, I get it, you know. And there's the rivalry and 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 all that tradition. I mean, I went to University of Maryland, and and I remember when I was there, we you know we drive down ninety five to these other ACC schools. And then they go to the Big Ten, and that's a race. So, I mean, is the importance of conferences in general eroding? Because to me, college football fans eventually would be fine watching, you know, when you say a super conference, but, yeah, watching whatever that you want to call the presentation, the league, the, the, the governing body, and just having everybody within that one group. Yeah, I mean, and that's – I don't know. It's going to be tough to regulate the NCAA. Um or whatever they come up with in response to all this. I mean, the, the governing of the sport has changed. Um, NIL changed a lot. There's so many things going on with NIL right now that I'm like, oh, that's legal now. Um, but it, it's going to be tough to regulate. And I think you are heading toward a model for college football, and it's already happened, that it looks more and more like the NFL. And that means some of the schools are going to get left out. And I keep telling people along, Robin, that that means there's going to be feelings that get hurt. What kind of schools do do you like? When I I don't know, you might not want to single people out until it happens. But what what kind of schools are you talking about, and 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 whose feelings are you talking about getting hurt? Well, I mean, it's already happened with the Big Twelve, right? You leave eight schools out in the lurch. That I mean, none of those eight that are remaining are standalone brands in terms of. And I'm not trying to downplay you know west virginia's had success oklahoma state's come within baby steps of playing for a national championship um but when you look at that conference now there isn't a stadium that seats more than sixty-five thousand people so it is going to try to gear itself towards the mega brands you know when we had that super league talk in the spring um at first it seemed ridiculous and now it seems to me like that's going to be more of the reality you're kind of trying to pick and choose which of these big brands is going to survive. And, and and as you know, all of these decisions, people ask me, well, they might do this. Decisions are made on two things, football and money and TV. So there's three things. Robin Lundberg talking to Bill Bender, Sporting News College football writer here on CBS Sports Radio. The other thing, speaking of money that you mentioned there, is name, image, and likeness and some of the stuff you've seen. What are, you know, what are some of your takeaways so far, and what are some of the things you've seen that, you know, even though you knew it was coming, you weren't sure how it was going to necessarily manifest itself, I guess. Well, I mean, down you know, I'm based in Columbus, so Jack Sawyer, for example, gets a truck. Jack Sawyer is a local kid from here in Pickerington. 
five-star defensive end and got a truck from Wahlberg's dealership and hasn't taken a snap at the college level yet. You know, Bryce Young, they're talking about seven-figure deals. Quinn Ewers, you know, the money he's making, it's it's crazy. And I think on one hand, yeah, it's just great for the student-athlete to be capitalized and build their brand. On the other hand, you're putting a lot of money in the hands of 18- to 22-year-olds, and it, it just opens itself up for uh, a bunch of cautionary tales if it's not handled properly. So I think from the university standpoint, I would almost – I've always pitched this, that shouldn't you be teaching these kids, like, as part of their curriculum as a student-athlete, uh, personal finance should be something that they should have to take? Well, I, I wish I could take it now, to be honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't take it. I'm, I'm about 40. I could stand to take it right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but it, it does seem like uh, one of the things I've seen that's pretty pretty cool is that the way, uh, you know, some guys have been utilizing their earning power to help their, their, their teammates as well who may not have the same earning power. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, that's the next part is, you know, you saw what happened with BYU and and the cost of attendance is going to be paid. That's a game changer Um, because now I'm starting to wonder, okay, at what point are we going to have kind of like a payroll for your college football team? At what point is that payroll going to resemble an NFL payroll, knowing that you're keeping 85 kids? What does that do for roster management? And then um, at some point, is there going to be collective bargaining, that kind of thing? And that's all those things that happens in the NFL. Um, you know, what's the Alabama quarterback worth next to the Ole Miss quarterback? I think we all know the answer to that. So these are kind of this is kind of the can of worms that got opened up. I don't know if the coaches have the answer. I don't know if the NCA has the answer. And with not every state having legislation on it, it's um it's gonna be an interesting free market here for the next few years. Now talking about state to state differences, uh you know, one of the things that I think I was talking about the NFL earlier. I think there's a level of anticipation around this NFL season in part because it feels more normal in its 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 lead up. People aren't worried that it's not going to happen or that the scheduling is going to be all out of whack uh, or, you know, the preseason is happening. Their fantasy drafts will happen per normal, blah, blah, blah. The things that they're used to. College is is always been a little different because they're they're not despite name, image, and likeness. They're they're not pr- professionals. And then there is where you know the hotbed of college football is, which happens to be in areas with a lot of COVID cases right now, a lot of unvaccinated uh, right now. What do you see as the the you know impact of, of COVID and and the possible protocols? That, that could be put in place for, for 2021? Because to, to be fair, you also want to point out schools like uh, LSU, Ole Miss, who I, I think are 100%, the, at least the teams vaccinated right now. Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely just, you know, you, you kind of take it one day at a time. I hate to say it. I mean, I went to a funeral home yesterday, and I forgot, you know, you probably have a mask on. Now, so I'm in my car, and I think all of those things are going to change again. So, um I just don't know. And I think I'm hoping we get through this season without incident. I'm hoping we, we get through this season without cancellations. Uh, you know, I think the first thing they would do if this Delta variant gets to where I think it might get is we might go back to limited capacity, unfortunately. I just think that's the easiest safeguard because the less people you have in the stands, the less chance you have for your team being affected, if that makes sense. I know, and I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I just don't feel like it this morning, right? 
Well, I mean, like, look, but, uh, to me, it's not. It shouldn't. There shouldn't be politics to it. I, right. I, I don't understand why there are politics right. to it. Uh, that's that's a separate conversation. But the the when I say what I said about you know the demographics or the the makeup of, of the fan base in some of these places, that's just simply based on the facts and and, and the, the the numbers that right. have seen. So you could see it impact college football in a different way. And then again, like you mentioned, with players not being compensated in traditional fashion there there is a a different almost like i I think this came up last year a little bit of a a difference in the the gut test for some people Uh, i I think we're probably past the point where stuff is going to be canceled or threatened to be canceled that that once that door was broken down i don't think we're going back uh in it but it, it does you know it is something that still could theoretically you know impact the, the college football season so that was that was just the, the genesis of the question. no and to your point so we all remember nc state the college world series thing yeah. right if that happens with oh i don't know clemson alabama ohio state oklahoma georgia this year and they have to forfeit a game late in the season the reaction will be just a little more visceral than it was with uh you know what i mean with the college state, yeah. and that's no disrespect to nc state or that but we're talking college football here. People talk about those 365 days a year. So that is why Greg Sankey's messages were so strong. That is why, you know, like you said, there shouldn't be a politics going in. You want to give your team the best chance not to have a cancellation. It's just easier to get vaccinated. I think that's a pretty easy method, honestly. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, if they want to up the rates, you know, they could do that with the, the, the stadiums. Uh, I mean, we are seeing stadiums, uh, you know, other stadiums require it to enter i think that would be a way to increase the rate of, of vaccination in some of those uh college football uh areas now as far as the college football season you know real quick cliff's notes version how does it you know we know the the timeline for playoff expansion isn't right now so is this season going to follow the the script that we've seen the the, the last several seasons and it, are those same teams going to be the ones <laughs> there at the end yeah, I mean, I think in the AP pool, you're going to see Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia. Um, and that's really the five schools that have run the sport. And I think that will continue, and I don't see that not continuing this season. So, yeah, unfortunately, I think we've got two more years of that, and that's why the uh, um, continued push for a playoff will uh, will be what it is. So I think we're going to continue to see people push for that 12-team playoff because we're going to see the same four teams the next two years. Well, I, I think it's uh, inevitable that there will be a playoff expansion. It's just when exactly that gets announced. Bill, appreciate your time this morning. I- enjoy the rest of the weekend. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. Hey, Robin St. Louis, you're on The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, hey thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Long-time listener, really enjoy you. Um, so I don't think – you're a bad person for never watching Field of Dreams. I'm right there with you. Never actually watched it. But give me another Kevin Costner movie all day with Tin Cup. Hands down, favorite sports movie. Okay. Uh, but, I, but I do want to say that I slightly disagree with, uh, with, with the Cam Newton stuff. You know, I think that there's a, a little bit to be said about letting some of these younger guys sit for a year or two. You know, like you look at Mahomes, Roger Brady. I think that, that there's so much info that they can gain as backups now. On the flip side, if Cam goes out there and proves that he can't do it, you have to throw Jones out there because he, he's obviously the de facto quarterback. So 
I just you know, I, I wonder about that. Are we rushing some of these younger players too soon to start? You know, d- does that hinder their development? It, it, look, it, look, I mean, it's know, certainly possible. It's certainly possible if you know they they get their confidence rattled or something along those lines um, that it, it could hinder their development. I think that is possible. But I, I also think we've now seen enough return on rookie quarterbacks starting and doing just fine and, and even exceeding any reasonable expectations you could have for them in recent years. To say, like, every situation is individual. I, the, the thing with uh, Mac Jones in New England specifically is I just don't, you know, if they think they have enough pieces back and are ready to move on to the next phase, I just don't think Cam has it physically anymore. If Cam was still some version of cam and and maybe he could prove me wrong but if he was then you and i might be closer to agreement but i i just don't see the point other than wanting to be as careful or as cautious as possible in somebody's development and that same goes for most of these other situations as well i mean san francisco's kind of ready to win um so you could make the argument garoppolo is the better choice because of that but there's a reason they went and got Trey Lance. Uh, you know, Justin Fields in Chicago, Andy Dalton's a vet, but he's not the future. So whether it's week one or week four, is that a difference? You know, unless they're going to sit the whole year. I, I I don't know as well as these coaches do. Um, I don't know as well as these, you know, player development people do. But to me, I think we've seen enough from rookie QBs over the years, and we know what the fans want, and we know what I think, the, the casual viewers want as well. But, yes, your point is taken. And, and it's impossible to har- argue against the Patrick Mahomes example, as successful as that was. But then there's plenty of, like I said, other examples of guys who have started as rookies, almost everybody, you know, uh, of late and also had plenty of success. But I appreciate the call. Uh, we've gotten to that on the show, of course. Um, and if you missed any portion of the show, you can pick up the podcast. But time now to get to all the topics I have not covered as of yet in another one. All right, Anthony, what's up first? All right, let's talk some NBA. And Luka Doncic, he signed a $207 million Supermax contract extension with the Mavericks this week. Doncic was eligible for the massive payday because he made the All-NBA first team twice in his second and third seasons. At 22, he is the youngest in league history with multiple first-team selections. Now, the Mavericks must focus on building a title contender around Luka because my boy Porzingis, the unicorn, he's not cutting it as the sidekick. So who is the ideal number two next to Luka? Well, the ideal number two and, and who they can get are really far apart, right? I mean, th- that's that's part of the problem. Uh, therein lies the, the issue with the Mavericks because they, they don't have the assets or the resources to just go get an ideal number two. I, I think an ideal number two is a, a forward or a, 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 an elite big with, with Luka Doncic, you know, an Anthony Davis or Giannis Antetokounmpo type, somebody like that. Um, or, you know, he, a, a Kevin Durant. I mean, those are the, the, the kind of players that I think Luka would, you know, he, he's ball dominant. So you want somebody that can play without the ball and do some of the things he doesn't do, you know, impact the game defensively, uh, uh, you know, and and isn't uh, in the backcourt really with him. You know, in the, in the front court, you want a front court player. 
but the Mavericks simply just don't have the the resources to add somebody of, of that caliber, or it, it's not reality. So I I think they're in a situation where Luca's going to be carrying a heavy load for a while, and they're gonna need Kristaps Porzingis to step up. They're gonna need you know Tim Hardaway Jr. to continue to play well, and they're gonna have to find a diamond in the rough or pull off you know a, a rabbit out of their hat move probably at some time as well. What's next? So on Tuesday, Dennis Schroeder announced he was signing a contract with the Celtics, which was later revealed to be a one-year, $5.9 million deal. This comes months after Schroeder was offered and rejected a four-year, $84 million contract with the Lakers. Schroeder's hope, obviously, is that uh, he'll now shine on the Celtics and enter free agency again in a year and hopefully then get the money he was looking for. A lot of people were killing him this week for leaving all that money on the table, but will Schroeder's gamble, you think, pay off in the end? Uh, I mean, it's tough to see. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to get a contract like that put on the table. I think it could be a good fit for him in Boston. I'm not a huge fan of his game. Uh, I mean, he has the ability to create for himself. He has the ability to be a high-energy defensive player at times, but he just doesn't play smart a, a lot of the times. Um, he's not that kind of guy that I, I trust in the money situations as a result of that, and, and I thought I thought you saw his value plummet a little bit as a result. He's never been a terrific shooter either, so... I think he missed out on his one chance to get that kind of money where 80 something million dollars. I don't love mocking him for days over it. It feels a little mean because <laughs> that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. That's an all time as I, as I proceed to mo- mock him, right? That's an all time uh, moment in fumbling the bag history, but sure. Could he get another solid contract? Yes. Is he going to make up that money he lost? I, I do not believe so. What's next? So, George Carl took aim at his former star player Carmelo Anthony on Tuesday after the ex-Trailblazers forward agreed to a one-year deal with the Lakers. So, in his introductory press conference on Monday, Anthony discussed his desire to win his first championship with Los Angeles now going into his 19th season. I think we all know that this is the one thing that I'm missing, right, Anthony said. This is the one thing that keeps me up at night. It motivates me because I don't have it. I want that experience. So later that day, Carl responded to Anthony's comments in a tweet writing, and it kept our coaching staff up at night a decade ago when we were stressing the importance of team play and defense. Uh, also, if you remember, uh, Carl attacked Mello along with others uh, in his book, which I believe came out in 2016. So uh, should Carl get over it, or uh, are you okay with uh, Carl still holding a grudge against Carmelo Anthony? Look, I mean, something must have really went down there, right? Like, for him to feel that strongly, it does seem a little over-the-top bitter at this point. Um, Carmelo, look, it took a lot to humble Carmelo. Let's just be real about it. He he almost was out of the league uh, because he couldn't swallow his pride and, and you know, find the right uh, niche in the league, if you will. Portland, that trip saved his career. Now he's older, wiser, playing, you know, with a guy in, in LeBron and in Los Angeles, and, and I think a lot of people are rooting for him. And 
even before that, a great player, obviously, but there, those were the questions about him, whether you know he stopped the ball too much and, and the impact he made on the defensive end and the intangible parts of the, the court. Uh, it lets me know that you know whatever George Carl feeling, it was something very real that took place and something that uh, w- was obviously that he felt a, a hindrance or a detriment or felt a way about, just personally about. But yes, to, to continually to publicly relive it feels a little bit bitter and and I I do think whether he lets it go personally or not that's up to him but publicly it's probably time what's next Russell Westbrook was introduced to Los Angeles media this week and he was asked whether he feels he has anything to prove with the Lakers and he said no so does Russell Westbrook have anything left to prove look I I don't think Russell Westbrook has much left to prove as an individual it's up to your interpretation whether you think he's a winning player that could be what he has left to prove because if he goes to look if Russell Westbrook winds up playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis Kevin Durant James Harden Paul George Bradley Beal uh you know a couple of those guys not quite to the level the the former but and doesn't win there are going to be people that say, you know, he's a common denominator in a lot of great teammates and, and not winning a championship. Um, I, I think, you know, there there's always somewhere that's the, the proper measured fair take. So you don't want to call his triple doubles empty. You don't want to call him a loser or anything like that. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Doesn't have to prove that. He's an all-time, you know, great player. Doesn't have to prove anything there. But... If you want to say there's something left for him to prove, I do think adapting, fitting in in a certain situation and being conducive to winning in that environment is something people could ask for because he's been not very good in the playoffs as of late because teams can play off of his jump shot um, and and he can shoot a team out of a game and he can make some bad decisions at at times. So uh, his general sentiment I agree with, but I, I I do think it's still fair to question his playoff resume um, and, and his playoff performance specifically. What's next? And finally, uh, we had the first episode of What If drop on Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. What did you think of episode one, Agent Carter? It was good. I like the animation. I like the concept. I like the What If comics growing up. I, I liked it, what they can do with it. I wouldn't say it was amazing. Right. No, it but wasn't. But the, the the animation was really cool. It really feels like the comic book page is like jumping off onto the screen. And part of it's like, I I don't think people are as interested in that Captain America like old timey backstory either. So I think when they start getting to some of the other characters and some of the the more uh, modern relevant tie-ins, that'll that'll bring up the excitement level. But I you know I I certainly am anticipating the rest of the show, and it, it wasn't bad. No, it was good. It was funny. Uh, you know the uh, the Bucky comment. You almost tore off my uh, tore off uh, my arm off. Was that was a funny comment? You well, you are you are also Anthony is is their uh, target demographic more than anybody else. He he has been hugely into all the Marvel series. Of course, I I watch them all, having been a, a huge Marvel stand my whole life and an MCU fan as well. But I'm definitely excited to see where they take that What If series and where they take the Marvel universe as a whole Uh, wherever you take yourself this weekend i hope you're safe hope you have a good time uh 
appreciate you guys hanging out with me on a Saturday morning. As always, it is the Robin Lundberg Show every Saturday from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time here on CBS Sports Radio. Ken Carmen coming up next. Have a good weekend, everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.